welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about how sometimes your crush is just gonna crush your training saber. My name's Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we are gonna cover chapters 9 through 12 of Book 7, Legacy of the Force, Fury. I should have said it loud. Fury. That's a good one. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Kytus steals two children. An explosive hapen lips explosion. That doesn't make sense. No. Wait a minute. I must have wrote the same. The rest <laughs> <laughs> I must have accidentally wrote the same word down twice. Let me try to wing this one. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this should all be cut out, but it won't. Previously on Forever Canon, Kytus steals two children. An explosive hapen lips escape. Uh-huh. Ah, <laughs> there it is. That's what it was. Han finds literal body armor in a box. And Alana waits for secret words, and red shirt Jedi wait for death. But that was last week. And apparently a fucking poorly written note. Yeah. <laughs> One more time. An explosive hapen lips explosion. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely supposed to say escape. Yeah. You started you wrote the E and then just started paying attention to God, something else. God only knows what happened there. Probably a child started talking to me. And then all thoughts were ruined yeah. by well, nonsense. It's that or you have so much imagination stuff going on in your head at all times that you got distracted by one of the other things. You know, do. one time when I was in grade 10, my English teacher, Mrs. Delco, shout out, shout out to Mrs. Delco. She was, she was dope. Anyway, she told me one time I was I was reading out loud in the class and I fucked up the words. I read the end of the next line as the end of the the line that I was reading. Yeah. And she like, you know, a couple of people laugh and I was laughing. She like took it serious for some reason and she made a point to point out, "Hey, just so everybody knows, that's what really smart people do when they read. He is looking a whole line ahead and doesn't even know it." And I was like, "What?" Is that what's happening? That's cool. Am I smart? Thank you, Joy Delcole, for the podcast. You're the inspiration. You're the inspiration. (laughs) Now, starting with chapter nine. Yes. On Kaminor. The Kaminorian fleets are stretched so thin that they're running out of proton torpedoes and calling retired men and their ships to active duty. The war is turning ugly. Turning the people ugly. This guy yeah, that we... Just because he's old. This guy that we get the, the whole perspective from is... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lieutenant Oldathan. Well, he says there's reports of prisoners being mistreated on both sides of the war. Yeah, of course. People maybe ignoring enemy rescue beacons where, you know, the general uh, rules of engagement would state that you pick up... Anybody who's Doesn't got matter. a rescue yeah. beacon, no matter which side, and then you treat them fairly once they're your prisoner. Apparently, all of that's just being ignored and 
Yeah, he thinks they may even be shooting them out of the sky. <laughs> like, essentially, essentially, yeah, war crimes are happening yeah. on both sides of this civil war. And it's funny, that that's actually funny. I, I read this stat the other day, which I assume is true because I saw it on the internet. On okay. a meme, not a meme, but a picture with words on it. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, I think there was like five or ten times as many people died in the Civil War, American Civil War, as in World War One. Yeah. And so what that comes down to is like in a Civil War, the availability and, and readiness to reach each other and fight each other you're way within you're far more within reach in a civil war and it's way more personal so you do things like not pick up the other prisoners or when you do you torture them for information yeah like something about the personalness personalness the level of personality no no the cult of personality of the war is like it gets super negative or it gets really dehumanized because you know the other side so well yeah that you to make them your enemy you have to dehumanize them in your mind and then thus you you do fucking terrible things yeah after you've reached that point but like think about it like all these people living on Coruscant with people from Karelia all their lives and then suddenly the two your two planets are at odds not at war, even at yeah. odds, having a disagreement about fucking military shit, and, and then Corillians start blowing shit up on Coruscant, and you're like, "Wait a minute, these are we're all wait a minute, I know that person, or like I know Corillian," yeah. and then so it becomes more threatening because it's personal, and it becomes yeah a little closer to home. Exactly, that's the a, a closer reach, and. So this is what Lieutenant Oldathan is is reporting about this GA civil war. Yeah. That it's getting very ugly on both sides. Like, everybody's doing bad things, committing war crimes, but going to be brought up to a tribunal by, by the end of the war if anybody figures it out. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But apparently it's all very ugly. Even Fight Club is brought back. Commonorian Fight Club. He makes, like, a special point to point out, like, Oh, the officers have a bloodlust and they've got this uh, fighter pit yeah. thing going on. Yeah. All right, man. All right. We get it. It's ugly out there. And I I like the they... And it's ugly in the ships too. Yeah. Well, he's flying this ancient That's really K-wing. Yeah. And he even describes it like it's falling apart. It's falling apart. He's it's falling apart for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, come to the point of it's time to do something inside the war. Everybody's acting worse than they did in the Yuzhan Vong War. This is crossing the line more than even when aliens come from another fucking galaxy to come and attack you. Yeah, well, that goes back to your point about the it being close and people you that look like you and they're not... Your neighbor aliens. is way more threatening than somebody on the news. Yeah, yeah. Because they know your face, they know your house, they know your life, like that kind of thing, right? And so, I don't know, I feel like you just apply that to everybody around you that doesn't support you, and then it becomes like a paranoia thing. And Yeah. Imagine this living in the state of the galaxy right now, like, as just a general civilian. It seems like ev- 
every other book, the war is on the tipping point yeah. of falling one direction or the other uh, or another based on one fleet. I, I'm moving to the outer rim. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to the unknown regions. Or I can make up my own story because <laughs> nobody knows if the planets are out there or not. If you got to blow them up because it gets too messy, you do. But back to the war. Something mysterious arrives here at the battle at Commodore. A cloaked asteroid covered in enemy ships? Yeah. That's the best I can figure out. Yeah. There's one ship on there that has cloaking technology. There's a bunch of GA ships riding an asteroid. And what do they do with it? Well, that remains to be seen. Yeah. It's on but a course the for the planet, though, is isn't it? Where is this idea coming from? Uh, he doesn't have... Jason doesn't have Nobody a Death Nobody even star. says... Nobody nobody knows. Nobody says. These are some real strange and crazy tactics. Chapter 10 brings us to Coruscant Undercity. Where the Jedi are hiding. Uh, red shirts. In many sewers. But they get the hollow news down here. It's all good. Yeah, it's all we got a good reception. In airwaves the and whatnot. They're like sticking antennas out of sewer sewer drains. Yeah, exactly. The GA dropped asteroids onto Kalmanor cities. They rode that sucker in there. They blew it to bits. With the purposeful trajectory of smashing the Kalmanori city. As much as possible. Not, once again... Couldn't Not they have just, just military facilities, sorry. Couldn't they have just left it? Destroyed the whole planet? But is that victory? Well, what do you mean destroy the whole planet? Destroy what? Oh, let, leave the thing together? Leave the thing in one giant piece. Sure, but maybe it doesn't accomplish as much damage, right? If you can s- split it into five pieces that go to five different cities. I don't know the makeup of Kalmanor, but maybe it's just more like a couple of cities. Yeah, maybe it's all like sort of like dense cities all in one area and then the rest is kind of... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So either way, that's what happened with the asteroid. Good thing the Jedi have the hollow news down here or else you'd never know the atrocities being uh, committed by the GA up above the surface, way above the surface, out in space. And they're they're down here, they can't use any normal communication. Yeah, so they've got like... They're like shortwave radios. Wires glued to the wall and running down the down the hallways to each other so they can just <laughs> intercom each other they say yeah but the weird thing about this unconventional super catastrophic very anti-human rights-ish attack via asteroid is that it wasn't jason's order whoever did this and blew up the asteroid and put all the ships on it blah 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 Smashed all the cities on Commodore. Whoever did it, did it of their own volition. Yeah. It was not an order from the evil Jason Solo. So, this is either one of two things, right? Either his increasingly aggressive actions and disgusting actions, as the war has dragged on, you know, up to and including burning the entire planet of Kashyyyk. Yeah. Half of it or as much as he could. Either that, that attitude is trickling down through his officers, right? 
and mm-hmm. the people under his command, and then they are ordering atrocities like this. Or us, the reader, knowing about his special powers, is he mind-forcing, brain-washing people into doing horrible things that they wouldn't normally do? That's that's a because having good point. the idea is one thing, but executing the order is or giving the order to, to execute the idea is another. Yeah, because if he could say, just like mind attack somebody, and say this war on Commodore has to stop, send them on their way, right, and they will do whatever it takes, including they got to win this war, data. man. Yeah, how long? God only knows how long Jason's going to have this Haven fleet for. Yeah. If he has it. I don't think that's even been established. No. But, I mean, he's got he's got her daughter. So, but never mind, Jason. We are the Jedi in the sewers. And shortly after receiving this hollow news, hollow net news, hollow news net, hollow net news, their expected target arrives. With three GAG vehicles, one containing guards in front, one containing guards in the rear, the middle one which Jason pops out of with a YVH droid carrying a black box about one meter by a meter and a half. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. There couldn't be a kid in there, could there? Nobody would just like, you wouldn't just... Put a Jason wouldn't you Jason wouldn't just put a kid in a box. Oh wait, well, I I th- it might have been a one and done. He already did. <laughs> <laughs> he put a kid in a box and flew her out to Hapes and promised her a new life. So the YVH droid gets out of his particular vehicle, carrying a child-sized box. Yep, with mystery contents. The Jedi attack. The battle ensues. Blah, blah, blah. Immediately revealed, of course, Alana is in the yeah. box. <laughs> and he tells y- YV to get the hell out of here. Get the box to safety. Yeah. Yeah, get it to its safe place. And then... Whatever he exactly says. After, after the YV droid takes the box to safety, or at least starts running yeah. off to safety. Clanking it up the stairs. Kaidus confronts the Jedi. And Kaidus looked at the other three as their force augmented sprints came to an end, leaving them in a semicircle before him. Three Jedi Knights the younger Horn, the falling Mithric, the Bothan Hulia. He resisted the urge to snort. Separately or collectively, these Jedi Knights were no match for him. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's... <clears throat> what? How do you not know that as the plan maker? Yeah, you should really... You're send... sending a team to capture and or kill Jason in worst case scenario. And it just took Luke Skywalker to battle him to the brink of death. And it took a surprise... At- fucking knife in between the shoulder blades to save Luke. Yeah. In that battle that he was 
barely losing at the time. You're going to send one master and three fucking redshirt idiot kids. Yeah. Not fully trained. Well, are like so less trained than Jason and all the other masters that everybody is less trained than Jason. Almost there. I'm sure that from his point of view, their attacks look cumbersome. Now here's the important distinction. All the other masters are doing nothing. Yeah. And I mean that relatively speaking, they're all at the sanctuary moon on Endor keeping children company. Yeah. Hey, what the fuck? Send Saba out there. Send five. <laughs> yeah, send them all. Get them. Send a lot. Yep. Come on. Like, we're beyond pretending Jason Solo is going to fucking be done up by one master and three practically nameless Jedi Knights. Yeah. Big deal. We've seen him before in other Aaron Alston books. Yeah. Whatever. He probably made them fly ships at some point in the NJO. They're going to fucking all die. They don't stand a chance against him. No. Not even no. Kyle Katarn does. Jason says he's a threat, but not a problem. Yeah. The only one that is slightly threatening is him. And this is pointed out in the, uh, in the, in the writing. In two seconds, Jason biffs the three Jedi Knights and parries some of Katarn's attacks. Yeah. Two seconds. Bang, bang, bang. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, he, like You're cool, and he fights Calcutar. He handles them easily, eventually pulling a speeder down to crash into the, all of the Jedi and himself. He hits Master Katarn with the car, and Kaida smiles as he puts his lightsaber through Katarn's chest. Yep. Goodbye, Kyle. Your idiot plan got you idiot killed. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Jason has now murdered two Jedi Masters. He feels the air escape from his chest and the light go out of his eyes. Fine. He killed the man. One question. Where did he get this lightsaber that he's fighting with? He always had it. Try again. Because what happened in the basement of the Anakin Solo? They took his lightsaber. Oh, they did. And fucking left with it. Ben had it in his hands. They left the room. Luke convinced him to give it to him. I, I just reread it earlier. So I was like, fuck all this. What the fuck is this lightsaber that he's using? He could have just made another one. Granted, he could have made another one. He could have had a backup one. Whatever. Describe it. You have to. Yeah, even... He just got his lightsaber taken away. The samurai got his sword taken away from him. If we're going like classic tropes, right? Yeah. He gets a new sword. You have to describe it. Even, even, even if or not describing it, just... Explain hey, it? Yeah. He, <laughs> he stabbed... He's fighting off these things. He's using, using Nalani's the, uh, lightsaber. Yeah. Or, from when he murdered her in the first book. Yeah. Or How about that? That anything. would be fucking perfect. Yeah. That would be it writes itself type of shit that I yell at the fucking D&D table. But for real, I think it's an oversight. I think yeah. it's just a missed detail where all of a sudden he's out there swinging a lightsaber and it's not 
He doesn't think to himself like, oh, this one feels weird in my hand. He doesn't think like this is a new one. We don't have any scene where he acquires one or builds one or becomes familiar with a new one. And mind you, that doesn't have to take a lot of time, right? Yeah. You're you're a master level force user. Cool. But you didn't mention it at all. Yeah, because using he, his recently created they lightsaber. They just took his lightsaber. You didn't even describe the color of it. You didn't describe nothing about the lightsaber. Yeah. Just that it's giving off extra bright, bright flashes when the two lightsabers collide. He just had his fucking magic weapon taken away from him in the last book. Mm-hmm. And so here we are again with this same problem of three authors where sometimes it seems like not everybody wants to do the same thing. Yeah, they're not all talking. And not that this is necessarily that. Like, I don't have any evidence that he was like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to let him keep his lightsaber. But it's a missed detail because it wasn't all written by one person. Yeah, this all been written by one person that that is going to stick out to you. And and even more to the point, you're going to write the end of the last book and the beginning of this book consecutively yourself. So like Troy Denning writes the end of the last book and his lightsaber gets taken away. Well, by the time he's writing the end of that last book, the beginning of this book's already written by somebody else. Yeah. Right. So it makes sense. In reality, but in the narrative, yeah, you can't it would just be... take his lightsaber away in one book and then turn around and say he turns his lightsaber on and he starts fighting these motherfuckers. Yeah, it would be would be nice to know. It's an it's just and it's an oversight. Are we only noticing it because we're reading it and looking for details and picking it apart and going? Because I actually like most things. It's like well, I can tell by your face you didn't notice when I started yeah. saying it, but. More to the point, it doesn't matter how we're reading this. What matters is that you made a big decision and then kind of didn't follow up on it. Yeah. Which was like, it's happened a few times before. Okay, you saved this girl from this planet and you blast off into space with her. Next book starts and she gone. Oh, so she just, we dropped her off on the way. They explained it. Well, yeah, but why was that not brought up as an option in the narrative previously. Yeah. Because the other writer was finishing the book and the beginning of the next one had already been started. Yeah. Written. So, so they had to toss it in as a side note, just, you know, as a, as a point of order, kind of an inconsistency that you get with having multiple authors across a triple trilogy. Yeah. A trilogy trilogy, if you will, <laughs> where, I don't know where you got this lightsaber from, because Ben and Luke took Ben and Luke, Ben and Luke took his on the Anakin. Yes, they did. So, whoops. Yeah. Chapter it, eleven it is oversight. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it at all. Catch it like the fucking flu. Chapter eleven. <laughs> Seahaw flings a. By the way, <laughs> her name just sounds so much like when I say it, like Seahaw. <laughs> she sounds like a goddamn. I picture her like Jesse from uh, Toy Story 2. Yes. But, yeehaw! Anyway. Seahaw. Seahaw flings a black <laughs> patch on Jason's cloak as he fights the three knights that are left over after Kyle Katarn's untimely death, of course. Yeah, after he got stabbed in the chest. 
Must be some kind of tracking device. Obviously, it was my immediately thought. My immediate, my immediate thought. She's like swinging this little fucking sticky black thing. Up yeah, there. and she had to wait. She's like Kyle said, wait for the moment of greatest distraction. So she's just yeah. hovers this sticky black patch out in the middle of the ground while Jason fights her three Jedi friends. After Master Katarn is killed, then she reaches out in the force and pulls Kyle Katarn's body. Dead, lifeless, stabbed beyond saving. Pulls him to her, only to find he's alive. <laughs> here it comes. Psych! <laughs> you got me, Aaron. Yeah. And when I say you got me, I mean, fuck you. That sucks. He should be fucking dead. That's bullshit. Jason Solo had a fucking kill shot and he missed. Jason Solo had a kill shot and thought the dude was dead and he wasn't. Didn't sense that he wasn't dead. Okay. All these things. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fucking shit. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah, he would definitely have sensed it, sensed him dying. He would have sensed him alive on the ground after he fucking dropped in a heap. Yeah. Come on. That's fucking wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> it's not right. That's wrong, man. Yeah, no. It's, it's he's It's brought up... A, again and again how powerful he is in the force and how he can do multiple things at once exactly and he is the whole time and extending his force awareness to the other people to be able to find them yeah but you know he thinks he kills the kyle katarn who doesn't know how to f- hide his force presence no because why would luke teach that to this fucking secret sneaky group of hide in the sewers and try to kill your nephew team why would you teach him how to hide okay cool so kyle's not dead Because I only stabbed him in the fucking chest with my lightsaber that I got from, I don't know. (laughs) Fuck this whole chapter right now. This is fucking dumb. I wasn't this mad when I was reading it, but going through it fucking point by point, I'm like, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And I'm smashing my notes on the couch right now, but it's so dumb. How? Here's another. and, And again, here's another fucking paragraph later. Quick reveal tricked yeah he's not dead like tell you the secret immediately and it's not good and it doesn't make sense yeah no that doesn't make sense at all no you're trying to kill a jedi master and you're unaware that he's still alive when you let him fall to the ground i don't care how many hundred percents of hubris you have in your brain at the moment that doesn't happen if you're that's not this character no, That's not Jason Solo. He definitely even say he can't sense any of this crap. He definitely when he stabbed him. <laughs> crap is the right <clears throat> word, by the way. He would have gone stab. Let's make sure he's dead and drag it off to the side. Not just like push him directly backwards off of it or whatever. Or deactivate it. Well, he said he like, yeah, he turned it off and let him limp forward. Fall limp. Yeah, like, he, he, he would have been. No he fucking way. He would have swirled him around a little bit with that lightsaber. For sure. He would have done. What the fuck he does Smoothie to Than guitar. Mithric. Which is cut his goddamn head right off. <laughs> yeah. So that kill seems solid. Yeah, yeah. I don't... Red shirt. Yeah, red shirt's Head gone. cut off. Maybe red skin at the time. I don't know what kind of pheromones he was trying to put out. But the three Jedi attack Jason in a... Not a rage, but in a... God, I don't um, know. In, yeah. in, in, a, in an expression of determination after Kyle Katarn falls in front of him. And he cuts Than Mithric's head right the fuck off. 
Valen Horn and Collier Hulia manage to escape. There's a speeder that's landed on the ground, and they go jump into it, and Jason thinks to himself, they'll never take off, so they'll be captured in the speeder, and he just leaves. Okay. Now, one more time. What was the dumbest thing that happened in the last book? You're about to win, and you walked out of the room. Okay. Now, here's what happens. Jason, number one. Doesn't know he didn't kill a Jedi Master. Number two, doesn't notice that body being pulled out of the fight or sense <laughs> it through the Force. Okay. Yeah. Number three, cuts that dude's head off. Great. Number four. Uh, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a fucking... That was realistic. Yeah. You think I didn't stand a goddamn chance against Jason Solo? No. Power-wise or not. Okay. What was I on? Four? Here yes. we are. He sees the Jedi get into an enclosed space where he knows he has them trapped. And he just walks away. Instead of... He doesn't go cut that entire ship to bits from the outside with his lightsaber. Yeah. He, he doesn't go make sure. He doesn't go finish the job. This man is so severe right now that this doesn't make sense. He is literally protecting his child. He put her in a fucking box. Yeah. To protect her. And he is like exactly in the moment of protecting her from a big threat. Is it is it protecting her or is it hiding her? It doesn't matter. He's hiding her to protect her. Right? He's not he didn't kidnap her to get the leverage for the fleet. No. He kidnapped her to have control of her to keep her protected. Yeah. Because he has nobody else to trust anymore. So everything that he's doing is to protect her. But you're not going to go walk over to that speeder and do anything that they're supposedly going to be trapped in and they'll never get off the ground and ha ha ha. And we know they're going to escape through the bottom of it through the sewers. Yeah. The, the fucking thing was a ploy. Whatever. Unless this Jason Solo is written like a fucking moron right here. And it sucks. Yeah. He should be a merciless killer. Kyle Katarn should be cut in half. You put your lightsaber inside his chest and you didn't pull it through either in any direction. Yeah. He should be the deadest fucking guy in the universe yeah. besides Mara Jade Skywalker. Like he should be the second deadest Jedi master in a decade, but he's not. The three Jedi Knights, one of them died. Two of them ran away, and he didn't follow them. The speeder was like 100 fucking feet away. He's surrounded by 30 guards. Yeah. Come on, man. Maybe that's why he didn't. Like, I'm thinking... I know, but even... I don't care how hubrisy he is. I don't care how overconfident he is. This character in this situation should be the most determined to have evidence of finishing the, the threat. Yeah. That's what we're fucking being told the whole time. Like, he is cold-blooded, going to do anything there is to do to save his daughter. And I don't see this so much as a subversion of what we're being told as much of a fucking oversight. Yeah. Like, it's just another... 
just narrative trope. Like the bad guy turns his back and expects James Bond to be cut in half by the fucking laser beam. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's shitty writing. Yeah, it's not Where very consistent. Where did he consistent. get the lightsaber from? Not very consistent. It makes me mad. Nobody would have guessed. So the Jedi escape through the sewers. And Jason heads in to see Alana. Now, is this his motivation? He's in a big hurry to see her? 45 more seconds. Everybody else is dead. And yeah. everything's good. I'm just saying. Okay? Just saying. It's fucking dumb. Now, Jason heads in to see Alana. Freshly unboxed. And they exchange hmm. I love you's. Like a new toy. But he still doesn't say the special words. Alana wanders to herself again. When? When's he going to do it? Yeah, because he wants, she wants him to. Now, to be fair, he hasn't said the special words yet, but she is the best treated of all of his prisoners. Yes. Especially amongst daughters. Because the last daughter that he had in captivity, he beat her brain to death with the force and sent her back to her dad in a box. Her dad was Boba Fett. Yes. That went differently. Alana is the best treated of all of his prisoners. Yeah, best ever. She but gets he toys. doesn't go the extra fucking hundred feet or hundred meters even. I don't care what the distance is. He can close it in a heartbeat. He doesn't go kill those other two unworthy matches. Like they can't stand against him at all. They go run into a speeder. And and mm-hmm. his logic is they're trying to escape off the planet, up in the air, and they're never going anywhere because here's all the GAG. No. I don't buy it. Even if it is supposed to be like a projection of him, his, his you know, overconfident reliance on the troops around him that he may or may not necessarily have the loyalty of. Mm-hmm. I don't care. In the moment, it's so wrong. You're protecting your kid that you hid in a box. You're going to just turn your back on two people with lightsabers outside of her door? No. No. But what if... Devil's devil's advocate me right now. Yeah. Please, try. He is having this battle here. He doesn't know what's going on inside his, inside his room, inside the Senate building. Mm-hmm. He maybe it's he's getting to he's getting to her as quick as he can because he knows the best place to protect her would be standing next to her. Now let me tell you why that's not valid. Okay. Because this is a book. Okay. And their thoughts get written out. <laughs> that's true. And that is not given to us. What if that was the oversight? Exactly. <laughs> that, right. <laughs> he was like he gets to that paragraph and he's like, Oh, I fucking forgot the lightsaber. Oh, I forgot to tell them why. He's running back in. But like for real, yeah. had they had you said that in the narrative? Jason was overcome by his worry for Alana, not knowing what was happening inside the building as the two Jedi escaped outside running towards the speeder. And he thought, they'll be captured. I'll go in. No, that wasn't his motivation at all. Yeah, because it, it was just it. the pure overconfidence. Not overconfidence for a reason that is legitimate, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, explained away by his over concern for something else. Yeah, or the confidence he's had in his troops all this time is not. It hasn't really been brought up. 
Like if he if he if it had been brought up a bunch of times saying he is so confident in his troops that How, they could okay, do that. Okay. All right, let me devil's advocate you on okay. on my own point. Excellent. What if it has been, but not that unsubtly, right? Where it's like, look at how <laughs> fucking proud he is of his troops. Look how much he trusts them. What if it has been brought up a lot along the way and we're just missing it? Where he is like delegating important things to people along the way, but I don't feel like that's true. The As I'm saying that, it doesn't feel true. Well, the only person, people, not even a person that he's given important things to do is his lawyer droid. Right. And Ben, and he's also like, he commands other fleets, right? But he gives those other people direct orders and they do what he wants. He mm. doesn't tell them. Make you know, your best decision. Follow your heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this ain't Pocahontas out here. <laughs> it's like not in his character to walk away from two easy kills. I'm glad we talked it out, though. We saw all these different angles, and it, guess what? It still makes no sense. Came back around to the point of, <laughs> fuck all that fucking shit. Language. Cut to. Endor. Sanctuary Moon of Endor. I didn't want to write it all. Jedi yeah, Outpost. That's, fine. <laughs> that's too much. Like, yeah. over and over again. Endor. Jedi Outpost. Where Ben wakes up. From a dream. These Skywalkers yeah. love their snoozes, baby. <laughs> and they don't usually go very well, do they? No, no, they're not normally good dreams. This dream is, well, what would now be described as PTSD. Yes. This is a dream of him. World War One. it was called Shell Shock. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, you know, eventually like hysterical. Mm-hmm. Like that was a that was a term used for people who are overcome by their traumatic events. <laughs> cool. Dismiss them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, love everybody and take care of everybody around you as best you can. That's all I can say. Now, Ben wakes up from a torture dream. Yeah, because he was just tortured by his cousin. You know, when they took his lightsaber away, <laughs> and he wakes up feeling. You know, not bubbly and happy and complacent. He wakes up feeling, he says, twitchy and angry. With plenty of reason for it. Yeah. Mom was killed. Cousin tortured me. The kid I rescued got written out. And I'm the only one who thinks Jason killed my mom. And I know that I'm right. Everybody around me, my dad, my cousins, my aunt and uncle... The other Jedi Masters are all focused on Lemurar. Yeah. I'm the only one who knows. And he only knows it by inference. Jason has never said out loud. No. That Ben knows of. I think he said it out loud to Lamaya once or twice. But he has never admitted to Ben that he has killed Ben's mom. But Ben fucking knows. He knows it. Nobody else is listening to him. So... He thinks, you know, no wonder why I'm all angry and twitchy. Also, teenage hormones that I've heard so much about yeah. <laughs> could probably possibly be a thing in my life. I don't know. I, Random little bit, little you know, mini paragraph at I the am, end there. What is he, 13, 14? He's 14, 14 now. Hormones all over. But hormones aside, it's time for him to talk to his dad 
about Ben's homework. It was about my grandfather, Anakin Skywalker, how he got to be Darth Vader. The Emperor did horrible things to him, made him suspicious of his friends so they wouldn't be friends anymore, made him kill younglings so no one would ever trust him again, made him alone, made it so nobody else in the universe understood him, except the Emperor. I bet just before he became Darth Vader, he probably hated the Emperor, but the Emperor had worked it out. So that he was the only one Anakin Skywalker had. Luke nodded and sighed. That wasn't right. Luke considered, then nodded. I expect you're right. 14 years old. Yeah. And he sees the manipulations of a man planning across the universe. 14 years old and he sees the psychology of... Well, he separated hit like it's like it's like um, it, it, Jesus, it's like an abusive relationship, right? Yes. Where the story goes, well, you, what they do is make you feel bad about yourself, separate you from your friends and family by making you feel bad about the things you do or have done to them or the things that they do, and then. Force you into a situation where you have to do something bad that you wouldn't normally do so that now they control you. Mm-hmm. That's that's some goddamn far looking for a 14-year-old, man. Yeah. And once again, I don't know, ever since he read the goddamn con- computer terminal about Darth Vader, hasn't really come out. No. All the... Th- all this homework insight's kind of coming out of nowhere. But the smart kid gets his brains from his mom. <laughs> so he tells his dad. And the two of them actually, they have a great and like... That little moment. They have a great like insightful conversation about Luke's special treatment of Ben. Like, you sent Valen Horn on this mission to go capture Jason. If it was Valen Horn in the basement of the Anakin Solo, would you have told him to not kill Jason? Or... Would you have not killed Jason? Of course not. Yeah, he did. Luke admits, yeah, the I would have killed him. The special treatment was to save me from the dark side. You wouldn't have done that for anybody else. Yeah. And yeah, you're right, exactly. He Luke, admits it, and he he's, he says that that's an oversight of me as the Grandmaster. Yeah, or yeah, editing. Yeah. Could be either at Could this be point. Both. At this point. But no, yeah, exactly. Like, Luke takes that in as, as one of the things he's been doing wrong all this time while he's been, you know... I don't mean just mourning over his wife's death, but like all this time that he's been more focused on trying to figure Ben out yeah. than trying to set a path for him. He took that nice constructive criticism though. Well, he's a 14 year old. 14 year old. Fucking. Super smart prodigy, killer. man. Sorry. We said different things. What did you say? I said super smart prodigy. I said serial killer. Well, well, we're both not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Serial killers aren't necessarily dumb. The magic of Star Wars. No, I I don't mean they're mutually mutually exclusive at all. I just mean very different descriptions. Okay. So they have this like heart to heart. And also we find out that Ben is now Luke's apprentice. Mm hmm. Why? 
Was there something wrong with his previous master? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. As they're having this heart-to-heart, wrapping it up mostly, Kip arrives to deliver the mission report and reveal the real goal of the mission. Yes. They weren't really trying to capture Jason. They knew it wouldn't work. They were just trying to get that black patch on his cloak. Yeehaw! Seehaw! Got the patch yeah. on him. So mission success. So it made sense. Now, now knowing that, it made sense that he sent the weak little Jedis. Did it, though. Because you could have sent masters and had them come back largely unscathed. Instead, Than Mithric died for that patch on his cloak. Kyle Katarn almost died for it. You could have sent five masters instead of yeah. Seahaw, three knights, and one fucking master. You could have sent five, and they could have battled him more to a standstill, been way more distracting, seemed way more of a legitimate attempt to, d- to capture him or destroy him. Yeah. But you didn't. That's true, too. And you got somebody killed for it. But you got your embroidery on his cloak. He's He's been bedazzled. And now that we're running out of Jedi Knight resources, Luke decides it's time to bring in some new old resources. Like Wedge Antilles <laughs> and Booster Tarek and Talon Card. All of Aaron Alston's old favorites are coming back. Wouldn't you know it? Mm-hmm. Isn't that shocking? Every single third book. <laughs> we see a bit of wedge. They come back into the narrative. Now, actually, that's kind of funny because I always remembered Wedge being way more in the books. Me too. And I think that just might be because I knew his name. Could be. When I was reading it. Every other name was fresh the first time, right? Even Jason Solo yeah. and Ben Skywalker. I, yeah. I I hadn't read the NJO. I hadn't read. There's, I think it might be a few young adult novels of like Jason Solo and Jaina on their twin adventures and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Hadn't read The Dark Nest. And so, you know, like I said, way back in the very second episode or first episode, I flip over that book, Betrayal, and I see Jason Solo and I'm like, Holiday Hooby hey. Woody. Yeah, there you go. Rare Who Roast Beast. <laughs> what is yeah. this? Right. And so maybe that's why you remember Wedge being in it way more because they say his name in the movies. <laughs> yeah, they say his Do name. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, they say Wedge, right? They say Wedge. He's in the first one. He's in episode four. Well, I know he's in it, but do they actually say his name? I think I they think, do. I think so. I think they do. And not and not just because of that. I'm I'm big fan of Final Fantasy, as you know. And Who are big fans of? Star Wars, as you know. Yeah, because Wedge and Biggs are in almost everyone. Honestly, I don't even know if it's almost everyone, but I think it's like four or five. Maybe it's just they're the in fans seven, of Square. They're in eight. They're in ten. They're in twelve. So right there is four. They're, just in, in, like, they're in six and five as well. They're in a fucking lot then. And I think maybe it's the people at Square because they're also in Chrono Trigger. 
Right. Well, which is the funny thing, like Wedge and Biggs. The funny thing is like Biggs Darklighter wasn't really brought up in the original episode four, A New Hope. Like, you know, like, no, I think he says Biggs name maybe one time. But you don't even see the dude other than the one celebratory clap on the back at the end. But he is in, like, deleted scenes from earlier in the movie. Yeah. In case anybody out there hasn't seen them, he's wearing, like, the fucking... He's pretty much dressed like Lando. He's wearing, like, the one shoulder over the shoulder cape. And he's got, like, you know, he he's, he's military dress, rebel military dress, but... You know, a different version of it that ended up getting edited out. He looks way fancy beyond Luke Skywalker's fucking imagination at the time at 18 years old. Yeah. And so for, for Wedge and Biggs to be like a cross-cultural phenomenon, it's not. <laughs> but for <laughs> for it to be an Easter egg in Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's just fun. It's fun for us. We like both. <laughs> we do like both. I don't know. You know. Other than that, though. These aren't really new resources. No, they're not. Other than being in Final Fantasy more recently <laughs> than 1977 or whenever the first one came out. Yeah, and I don't back to back to Biggs is he's you said that we don't really see him other than in deleted scenes, but I think you get one back clap. Again with the cross to Final Fantasy wedge is more prevalent in the games than Biggs is. Like Biggs is like the sidekick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Wedge is more like the uh, circus leader. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I wonder why. I've never really looked into that. Obviously, it's because you're a fan of Star Wars. But like, who and why and what's the story behind deciding to do it the first time? And and maybe I'll do some research and we'll get back to you guys. <laughs> yeah, the next that'd episode. be cool. But for now. Chapter 12 starts on Kashyyyk in an old imperial base, as you do. Mm-hmm. Whether you're, you're on Endor or Kashyyyk, whether you're on Big Bear Town or Little Bear Town. Zek is letting us know here that Jaina's training a lot and she's killing his ass. He's dying out there. Yeah. He can't keep up with her. He can't spar with her. He has nothing left to offer her. She just keeps beating him down. But luckily, Jag fell. I like him. Shows up to save the day. Dressed as Jason Solo. Yep. And he wants to lightsaber spar with Jaina. They, they do a little episode four thing in there. Did you catch that? Well, him being too short. Well, yeah, they that's yeah, that's, that's a little short. Pretty good, yeah. But then um he uh Jag says something fucking hilarious that made me actually die laughing. They're like, You want a lightsaber fight with us? And he's like, I know a little bit about lightsabers, and he says, <laughs> Don't grab the glow yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like very I'm sure it's like a common trope across across fantasy and fiction, but like it was it very much hit home in the right way. It remind, reminded me of Game of Thrones a little bit, like Arya. Stick, yeah, uh, sticking with the pointy end. Yeah. Do you do you even know how to handle a sword? <laughs> sticking with the pointy end. Yeah. 
They do that? Yeah, in, I mean, yeah, that's the fucking gist of it, right? In, in a lot of movies like that, like um, in one of the few Zora movies, is, is, um, what's his... Oh, damn it. <laughs> Antonio and, Banderas? The other guy. Oh, that's... I don't know who the other guy the is. Guy that play, the, the guy that oh, played... The guy that played... Hannibal Lecter oh, in Sons of Anthony Land. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Right. He, he was the original Zorro, and then it like flashed yes, forward yes, to the yes, future. Yes, yes, yes. He's like... He's back and around. Do you even know how to use it? Yeah. Pointy end goes into the other man. <laughs> like, they use it in all those kinds of things. It is such, like, it must be, like, an old Arthurian fucking legend trope. Something. Classic, classic, classic fantasy. Right? Yeah. Because you do find it everywhere. Nonetheless, I fucking cackled when I read that. Yeah, joke, I laughed out loud, Joke, too. trope or not, I was like, that is fucking brilliant. At least he didn't hold it up to his eye. And look deep into the barrel of the thing, a la dumbass Luke Skywalker and episode four. P.S. He shows up dressed as Jason. Mm-hmm. And this is what I gathered from the basic description is that Jason wears a black uniform with a black cloak and a black motorcycle helmet with the, the visor pulled down. That's what it sounds like. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, that's what it sounds like. Honestly, it sounds... Normally, he doesn't wear his helmet, I'm assuming, but when he... It sounds a lot like... You don't have to assume. He wants his face seen (laughs) all over the fucking news and all over the front lines and by the troops. Sorry, (laughs) continue. The description reminds me of the new Disney, Jason, Kylo Ren, with his mask. Really? It reminds me of fucking Dark Helmet. (laughs) <laughs> from Spaceballs. <laughs> okay. Because he's just got the plainest black fucking helmet that's like featureless and and blank. Which yeah. is the satire of your bad guy wearing a fucking helmet to begin with is that he can't emote. You can't see his face. His his words. Thank God for James Earl Jones mm-hmm. and his exquisite voice acting. But like a man in a mask has no emotions. Yeah. And so how do you make him a relatable villain? It's fucking tough. It works. Must be. He, he must, when he's in combat or something, wear a helmet like so, that. So, I mean, he I doesn't even. Can't see they why. They don't even describe him wearing a helmet when he's piloting. No, I yeah, I can't see why. So, either way, Jag tricks them. It's just Jag. And tricks Zek for sure. <laughs> yeah, he does. And. He's here to not just trick Zach and us, but he's here to trick Jaina. Because he's wearing the Beskar man skin armor. And he's wearing the hairy forearm crush gaunts. And he's here to set Jaina straight about training like a dickhead. Yeah. He absorbs a training saber on the Beskar. And then he uses the crush gaunts to smush her saber at the emitter. And it turns off. Now, before I read the next part of the note, yeah, that was fucking good. It was badass. <laughs> I've always liked Jag, and oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, man. That was like, you know, they have three rounds. He takes the first two rounds. He lets her beat him down quickly. And then he goes, I'm going to secret you here, and then I'm going to secret you here. And, and she's left yeah. feeling... I don't know, petulant. 
Yeah. She's like, that wasn't fair. You did secrets. You surprised me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, threw him backwards hey. into a tree. Yeah. Yeah. She's so mad after he... He won. Touches her on the back of the neck with his, with his training saber after the double trick. She blasts him with the force up in the air across into across, you know, the clearing into a fucking tree trunk. Yep. Which later he says, like, hey, clearly you're fucking up. Yeah. Like, sure, sure, sure. This training, you're training your ass off. Good sword. Good sword. Bad Jedi. Yeah. What Jedi do you know that would ever fling their friend across the goddamn thing and risk breaking their back and yeah. neck? And you didn't know I was wearing this armor, exactly, all that kind right? of thing. And it's all good points. <clears throat> oh, and yeah, it's great. Good points about the training as well. Yeah, he says, essentially says to her, "If I can surprise you, so can a llama, and we're not kidding anybody here. So can Jason, who you're really training to fight. If I can surprise you." Me. Yeah. The guy who's been in love with you ever since I met you. You know me better than almost anybody in the galaxy knows me. I'm I, not a force user. You watched your dad open these presents up on the Millennium Falcon. You were fucking right there, you stupid bitch. Yeah. You didn't know? You didn't you didn't Oh. My dad said Beskar can stop a lightsaber. Ching. It stops the lightsaber. Anyways. You cheated, blah blah blah. And he says, No, that's dumb and good attitude. You're going to be dead. Yeah. You're going to be singing that as a ghost for the rest of your life. You cheated. Yeah. Good. Cause I won. Yeah. <laughs> like you're training wrong. He tells her you're training wrong. You're training like a Jedi, but don't train like a Jedi. Don't train like a Jedi going to fight a Jedi. He tells her train like me, like a Jedi hunter. Yes. He's been training since Tanupe to find Alamarar, one of the sneakiest of all the Jedis. Mm -hmm. Don't train like a Jedi. He tells her, you think this is going to be a fucking lightsaber swinging, force flinging fest? You are wrong. And you better train to get the sneaky upper hand or you'll be dead. Yeah. He's full of good points. This is a great teacher. So full of good points, man. Yeah. A lot of them. And... He actually gets through to her. Yeah. She doesn't even get mad. Character yeah. growth. Yeah. As has been explained to us many times, Jaina, the sword solo, is the angriest Jedi in the galaxy. He comes in. He embarrasses her. She gets a little petulant at first. And then he explains all this shit to her about how you're training wrong. You're going to get your ass killed. You're not prepared for the... You don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. You're not prepared for the unexpected. You're going to die. It sinks into her. It seems to get through to her. She doesn't get mad. Zach even comes to tell Jag so after he leaves the sparring session. Who He looks rather beat up and tired from the description. Jane has been beating him to death for probably fucking hours. No, not Zach. Oh, Jag. Jag. Yeah, he yeah. Well, sits I mean, down and he's like, Ugh, takes off his He's arm. not a Jedi. Man. No. He got hit with a training saber twice. And he's wearing this... I don't know, I'm sure I'm sure super lightweight armor, but it's, nonetheless, right? Yeah, it doesn't he, sound like Jane was pulling he, any he's punches. Fighting, yeah, no. <laughs> she, uh, Zach wants to put training sabers on because he feels like she's gonna cut his fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. She comes at him with two live lightsabers. They start a spar. She immediately steals the lightsaber out of his hand and charges at him with two. 
And he goes, hey, I can't pair you with the fucking hopes and dreams that I have. <laughs> yeah. You better get a training saber out right now before you cut my fucking head off. Yeah. You psycho bitch. And then Jag steps in and goes, you're doing it all wrong. You're psycho all the wrong ways. But Zach comes to treat him with a lot of respect after a hey, lot of character growth. They have a heart to heart. More character growth from yeah. Zach. Not just from Jaina. Not just from Jag. Who also, this is, all three of them have like a lot of forward momentum. Yeah. Wow, I said those words really poorly. <laughs> you but did. I'm not going to repeat them. They have it. Yes, they do. And. A lot of whatever words you said. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably my favorite scene of them so far. Yeah, well, the rest of the time. All three been, of them. All three of them. Yeah. It's just been all shitty relationship. Crap. Yeah, this was no. We had a whole chapter with no childish fight over a girlfriend bullshit. Yeah. I mean, Zek does send, land some solid burns. Yeah. Calls him an irritant. He calls Jag an irritant. He calls Jag humorless. He calls him short. To his face. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking rude, dude. <laughs> but all right. You're short. But he follows it up with, I'm proud to be a comrade in arms. I'm proud to be working with you. Even though I'm going to throw these fake insults at you because, ah, old generation of man. I don't know. Yeah. I can't say, if I'm going to say one nice thing, it's going to come follow it after four fucking nuclear bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. going to get insulted first. <laughs> So, they have a goddamn heart-to-heart, and he tells Jag that he's proud to be working with him because of the way that Jag got through to Jaina. Yeah. And Jag tells Zach about how, once upon a time I thought I was in love with Jaina, and I could see my future in her eyes, and blah, 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 but now I just want her to not die. Yep. The two of them have a real-ass moment. Yeah, it's... Real almost ruined by all the fucking, you know, the irritant, humorless, short man talk. But (laughs) yeah, so much growth that did make it seem more real, though. It did because he's not really mature, but he's growing. Zach is growing. Jag is growing. Jaina is growing. Who will grow next? Jason. Ben, Luke, Alana, the forest of Kashyyyk. They might grow a little bit. Not likely. Find out next week when we cover chapter 13s to 16s. <laughs> I know you all caught that S. Of Legacies of the Forces, book 7s. Oh, jeez. Furies. <laughs> you get one thing you just keep it going don't you well here's the thing it's called yes and <laughs> it's a rule of improv yes you just fucking go with it <laughs> no matter what somebody just said legacy of the force book seven fury singular next week yeah i'm Justin. the next four chapters i'm tim Please say the special words. Is that please? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.